Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. It's the Luke and Pete show. Happy Monday! It's Easter Monday! You could be off work enjoying the look of Pete on some kind of sun lounger if indeed it's sunny where you are listening to the worst of the look of Pete Shaw. Many um, happy returns, everyone. Yeah, like our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the Luke and Pete has risen again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two <laughs> eggs. We're like two eggs. Two little we, eggs. Two podcast <laughs> eggs. Yes. Uh, how, um, do you, are you a big egg consumer over Easter? There's always, for me, there's always a token egg that gets handed out a few weeks before Easter because uh, you get excited uh, and then you kind of forget to still have eggs uh, remaining for, for the actual day itself. Yeah, I, I do like, I mean, for some reason it's a bit like, you know when you drink Coke out of a glass bottle, it tastes nicer. Yeah. Like chocolate as an Easter egg does taste nicer for some it reason. It does, yeah. With nice cup yeah. of tea, big half yeah. an egg. Yeah. But they're very consumable because you don't feel like you're eating much because it's empty. Uh, but yeah. in in summary, you are. You are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I do like him. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to be um, responsible with my diet these days because I just yeah. think, oh, man, it's not it's not going to get any easier to be healthier as you get older. No. And I don't want to be. Um, yeah, I don't want to be unhealthy as I move into kind of through middle age. So I'm trying to be good. So I probably will treat. I have treated myself to an Easter egg. Uh, here and there, a little bit here and there, but I'm trying not to overindulge because, uh, as boring as that sounds, not very good for you, is it? Not very healthy. No. Well, I, I'm I'm uh, in a situation where I didn't eat any eggs for the old uh, for the old egg egg, uh, yeah, egg egg egg. But I did have my eye on one that I I didn't end up buying in the end. Um, right. A crispy caramel egg, chocolate coated, licorice egg. Yeah, that's a bit of you that. Truly delicious and award-winning classic. This is from Lacritz by Boulot. Boulot? Uh, and, uh, yeah, bite, bite into the speckled crispy shell to be met uh, by silky smooth dulce uh, chocolate uh, and a punch of our raw licorice powder to tickle your taste buds with a soft licorice core. Yeah, Small so I think flakes Lacritz of sea is, um, salt on it. Lac- it just, it's just sounds amazing. Lacritz is um, Swedish licorice, right? That's, I think that's the Swedish yes. word for it, or is that a brand? Yeah. I'm not sure. Because I remember, I didn't know that. When I was in Iceland years ago, Yeah, I just bought a chocolate bar when we were out for a walk because it looked oh, quite no. interesting, and oh, it dear. was called Lacritz, and it, was, oh, it looked like a, like a chocolate bar, and inside it was just full of licorice. Awful. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan of licorice, and, and, and 
you do have that kind of uh, ammonia salt kind of caper up there as well with the licorice. They they use this yeah. very pungent salt, uh, not not your excellent uh, modern sea salt. But if you're not expecting yeah. it, it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, this is, this is like eating hair bleach. The powdered yeah. form. Yeah, it's full on. You you're a big you're a big um you're a big kind of chewy sweets man though, aren't you? Love a chewy sweet. Um, I found in my partner's mini uh, little uh, little glove box uh, a box of old fizzy sweets from a cinema trip. I think we made about six months ago. Um, they weren't in the best of uh, of condition, I have to say. Uh, and my stomach told me about it uh, for, for quite some time afterwards. But I regret nothing. I love a fizzy sweet. I think the remarkable thing for me and for people listening is just mm. how little you do learn your lesson. Yeah. Like, I, I understand yeah. that you've got a delicate constitution, but you just need to acknowledge that. <laughs> but you just keep making really poor decisions. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I I just like food. <laughs> no stomach. Like food. No stomach has ever experienced more chemicals than yours. Yeah, do you know what? It's not even the chemicals itself. It's the time of day that I'm consuming it. I'll start the day very happily with a tangfastic, and your stomach's going, Peter, work up to this. This nah, should be the sort yeah. of thing you're consuming late at night or, or later in the day. Don't start the day like this because you will never recover. No. It's like mm. when Carl Pilkinson said that, like, the reason he wouldn't want to do the eating challenges on I'm a Celebrity, mm. like eating a kangaroo knob, is because of the time difference and for the viewing pleasure of the people in the UK, you're eating it first thing in the morning. Yes, okay, right. Like, so if it's in the that. evening, you may have had time to have a couple of drinks or whatever, it's a lot easier. <laughs> and as he famously said, you could eat a knob at night, but you couldn't eat one the first thing in the morning. For you, you are you know that, but you do it anyway. So I, I don't eat anything too um, problematic until way after, like, I don't know, three, four o'clock. Mm. You got you got to give your your tum tum time to warm up, don't they? Call the stomach the second brain. What does that mean? Like, as in, I think, just... I think I think a lot of people will say that like the stomach is is basically the second brain because it's got so much, like, so many like. I think I think it's essentially like a different a, a different type of nervous system, but a nervous system nonetheless in your stomach. Okay, so it's your like your gut basically. So, 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 does it do the same thing as your brain though? Because your brain, as you sleep, it washes out all of the toxins. It, in, it, it makes it. You have a wetter brain at night because it, it, it flushes out all of the toxins. Right. I need that in my in my gut. So I think I think no, I just flush I think out the all stomach, my lucky ideas. The stomach is. Um, I think there's a lot of research. I'm not obviously not an expert on this, but there's a lot mm. of research into like the relationship between health and well-being, anxiety, mood, depression, and and stomach health and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I. I'm. As I get older, I realise that uh, it's quite debilitating to have stomach pains all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Do you yeah. find? Do you find that? Um, one thing I find about getting older is that you, the stuff you never even stop to think about for a second as a younger person, you think about all the time now. Like, ah, oh, my knee sore again. Yeah. Oh, you don't. You don't bounce back. Like, for example, if I go and do some exercise at the gym or go for a run or a swim or whatever. But I can really notice that I need like an extra hour or so sleep that night. And I yeah. still feel really tired the next day. The only the only kind of common denominator is that I've done some exercise. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like you wouldn't think about. It. I used to I used to run when I first moved to London. I used to run Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday lunch times, mm. and if I didn't do one on a Saturday and a Sunday as well, I'd feel like I was cheating a bit. Right, okay, yeah, that's fair, yeah. I could I, never, five runs a week, I could never do that now. 
No, because you just need to explore. That's why. I mean, I, but, you, I, but you do yeah. get some older people who are really fit still, ain't like, I mean, some people around my neighbourhood who like they're running every day and they are probably sixty and they. But look can your knees amazing. handle that? Because like I, I read that you, because you, you lose a centimetre every day. No, you don't lose a centimetre every day, but you start off a centimetre <laughs> taller than you do when you in the evening because the, the the sponginess of the joints, yeah, um, you know, gets a gets a little less uh, spongy, a little bit more fibrous through the day, and then you recover during the night. So you lose an inch in the evening, and that's that's it's when people earlier. see me. Now it's an inch. It's not an inch. It's not an inch. It's a centimetre. <laughs> okay. But um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I should sleep more. I think. <laughs> might, but do, might you, do, you, do you do you have pro- do you have problems with your knees? Yeah, I do, and 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 I've I noticed when I used to play football quite a lot, um, I lost a bit of weight, and 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 the knee pains kind of stopped right the way. That's the my... problem, right? Yeah. So I, I, the reason I ask you is because you're obviously a lot smaller than me. So mm. I wonder. I think I thought I think it's something that's kind of typical with bigger people like like me. But mm. you, you, you're right about the weight thing because essentially, if you go for a run every time you place your foot on the ground, I think it's four and a half times your body weight goes through your knees. Right. Okay. So that's. I mean, for me, that is a lot of weight. But it's if you run loads, your your body weight reduces. <laughs> so I guess exactly, that's what I'm saying. But if you, so it's if you like lose you've got loads to meet weight, in the middle in the whole kind of the the yeah. line chart, the line bar Absolutely. graph or whatever. You have. Yeah. I played football. I played like six or five football a, a month or two ago. And Still thinking about took, it. Took about three weeks for my knee to stop hurting. <laughs> it's fucking mad. It's absolutely insane. It's, it's fucking barbaric. <laughs> Can't do anything now. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, Easter's over. I mean, the um, the big man has risen again, mm. as he tends to do. Yeah. Um, we're all very happy about that. We've decided to celebrate it by eating loads of chocolate. Um, that's a great thing. But um, so when I was speaking to you a week or so ago, I said to you about the nativity scene, right? Which is obviously at Christmas. Well, though apparently it wasn't. It wasn't originally at Christmas, was it? It's been changed. I think. Right. Okay. I think. I think the latest understanding around, you know. Yeah, the scientific approach to it, the historic, the historicity of it, I suppose you would call it, is that it was in summer, but it got changed at some point. Anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. But I asked you about the nativity scene, and a few people have got in touch with me on Twitter um, because we, you started to talk about your interpretation of the nativity scene, and we had, and then we got sidetracked, and we didn't go back to it. So people would like to know, Pete, what your understanding, your interest, your kind of take is on the birth of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So you yeah. started off talking about a log flume, I remember, but then you abandoned that. Yeah, I mean, it all sort of started in um, one of those big uh, big yellow storage facilities. Um, right. Uh, on a trading so there estate. No, there was no room at the um, no room at the inn? No room at the inn. Uh, no room in the house, so they had to sort of go to a big yellow um, trading estate storage uh, facility. And um, boxes everywhere. Uh, and kings arrived. Um, yeah. Hang, um, bringing fruits of the forest <laughs> to the child. <laughs> and the child um, was... People talk about, you know, it being a baby in, in the manger and stuff, and that wasn't actually true. He was 33 at the time. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he, he was like a weird... Just man in a nappy, uh, with long hair, um, uh, completely shaved, uh, and that and that's that's that was the scene of the nativity. That's what that's what modern nativities get wrong. It's in a big yellow storage facility. There were kings, admittedly. They brought fruit to the forest, and uh, and he was thirty three. What um what did you um 
what is that? Was that, that what did you play as a kid in the uh, nativity at school? Did did you play? One I, t- of I told the, you, uh... I died um, being uh, going to a Catholic school. Obviously, didn't do nativities when you're in um, big school, but in little school, it was a non-denominational one. So I was uh, an old man who uh, I was kind of like a narrator old man who would uh, sort of. Uh, I think that was the part I was supposed to play. Then I got in trouble for stealing some books, and then they gave me the uh, like a court jester kind of uh, <laughs> kind of role, which, to be honest, fit, you know, played to my strengths a lot more. I but it's say. not part of it. Well, not part well, of it. The old man just, wasn't part of it. Why not have a court jester as well? They've just, they've just, they've just said, look, these, this is the personnel we've got. Yeah. So let's just let's just flip <laughs> on its head rather yeah. than putting square pegs and round holes here. Let's just change the world's most famous story. So it's got a court jester. It's in a big yellow storage facility, and it's an old man. Give Dusty Road a big singlet with spots on it. Like, he will always do well. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He'll always do well because he's a Rhodes and I'm a Donaldson, baby. When you were at school, did you think... Um, I don't want to offend anyone listening, but you know, it's a personal opinion. Mm. But when you were a kid, did you think, um, oh, yeah, this is shit, this is rubbish, this is like not true? I, I don't think any kids really think it's not true. I think they just sort of go, well, this story is just fucking everywhere, isn't it? It's like Game of Thrones. It's just you can't... You can't have a have a new opinion about it. You can't really t- have a hot take on it, can you? Really, you've just got to know that it's always going to be with you, and it's always going to be around. And there's going to be people who are real fans of it, um, and, you, and 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 to sort of go against the grain and sort of go, oh, this is a bit boring. It's not really worth it. It's not really the point. I would say. What is the point? Uh, what do you mean? Like, as in, what is the point of life? Know, no, what's the point of what's the point of the story then? If, if there's no point going against it, what is the point of it? If that's the well, for point? people who like it, they can like it, and the people who are in my position, they just just ignore it. <laughs> so there's, there's there's apparently there is like in that field of like um, of actual. So, so obviously, like ancient history is a field, right? So fi- mm. this history of this kind of era is a legitimate like academic subject. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and there's and there's um, there are like certain things that historians generally agree yeah almost certainly happened right yeah so because there were characters using, kicking around that yeah were, just by using yeah. historical analysis that you'd apply to anything else like yeah. i mean they, they, they apply them to like a lot of you know, roman emperors all that kind of stuff they can agree apparently that jesus was a galilean preacher he was baptized by john the baptist mm. he had disciples he had some kind of controversy at a temple mm. he was crucified by romans near jerusalem and um after his death, his disciples continued, and some of them were persecuted. They are like, they are like in the current understanding of the historiography of the period. Okay, that, that that those are things that are generally accepted to have happened, right? So I can't I can't find that quite interesting. Yeah. No one will agree that like he turned water into wine or that he walked on water. Obviously, that's a bit more problematic. You can't find evidence for that, mm. but they can find evidence for that kind of stuff, which I, I find is quite quite fascinating, really. So basically, mm. what they're saying is Jesus was knocking about in that area at that time. He was a bit of a hippie. People were into it, and that's kind of that. Yeah. So when you're eating, when you're munched on the leftover egg today, um, <laughs> <So hippie. laughs> think about think about that. You know, think about that. <laughs> Fantastic Fine. stuff. Um, Peter, I want to change the subject entirely, if I may, mm. because we've had a lot of um, animal stories that have come across our um, our desk. Um, I found this one particularly interesting. That um, right. I'm going to tell you a story, and I want you to guess what town it was in, okay? Okay. A man was arrested by police when they discovered an alligator 
in the boot of his car. Alligators are, um, I think, found, they make their homes in the US, probably some parts of South America as well. Uh, in Africa, it's crocodiles. In the Americas, it's gators. That's the kind of general general mm. rule. Um, he was trying to sell it, a four-foot-long alligator. He was trying to sell it uh, because he decided that he couldn't care for it. Um, he got busted in a um, in a sting by the police who picked up on the fact that he was trying to sell it on the internet. And um, the particular Society for Protection, uh, Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in that area um, kind of took over and did all, all that stuff. It was um, seven and a half kilos, between four and five years old. He uh, tried to sell it for £250. <laughs> um, where do you think that happened? I think it probably happened in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Florida man, right? Yeah. You're wrong. It happened on Constitution Street in Edinburgh. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he got it. Um he um he he basically stuck, fed it for ages on frozen mice and and fish. Yeah. Uh and he had um he had fixed up like a a warm tank and he decided it was too much hassle so he tried to sell it. Um, and the guy got found guilty of trying to sell it. There was some kind of law that you can't do it. But the police basically found it in a car boot, which is horrific because it's an animal worthy of respect and mm. an awful thing to do. Mm. But I just think I just thought to myself, imagine if you're just walking down the road, you you know, on, on, a, on a nice weekend break in Edinburgh, and you just happened upon that. Yeah, but if it was like festival scene, you'd be like, oh fuck off, students. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Part of a part of a bit, is part it? Part of a skit. Part of some yeah. street theatre. Um, I'm looking at the piece now. Uh, Quinn explained that he'd been looking for a pet and came across the alligator for sale on the internet. He said he'd bought it for 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 two hundred fifty pounds from a man called Bobby Brown. <laughs> nice, nice. Every nice little step I take. <laughs> nice. Uh, what do you what do you think of Pete? What do you think? Of, what's your general rule or a pizza not rule? Your general opinion on the Edinburgh Festival? Um. And I'm I'm asking you that question because I know that you know people you were thinking your friend who were friends with you and you who I think to... are my friends. No, sorry, I, I missed that. You will, you will be thinking that you've got friends who do the Edinburgh Festival and are now trying to think of a really diplomatic answer. Oh no, no, it's a colossal waste of money, and any stand-up <laughs> or comedian thinks that it's going to you know do anything for the career in in this year of our Lord 2022 is a fucking idiot. <laughs> why? Why is that? Why do you too think many that? people? Too many shows. Too hard to break through. You gotta be pretty fucking good. And if you're at the Edinburgh Festival, you're not good enough yet. I think. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. True. I've seen some great shows. I love. I loved going. I went a couple of times. I had a cracking time. Uh, me and Mark Haynes from the old wrestling program. Has Mark ever done it? Uh, yes, he did. He won the. Has he done it? No, I think he might have just done the uh, the London uh, London competitions and stuff. I think he beat Stephen Merchant and. Dan Antopolsky uh, at the Evening Standard uh, Young Comedian of the Year 1998 or something <laughs> back in the day. That's his feather in Mark's cap. Very funny fa- funny man, Mark. And at least as funny... How do I judge it? I don't know. I don't, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I would like to have heard everyone's sets. I would like to have heard Stephen Merchant's sets uh, set in... Uh, 1998. <laughs> I don't understand. They always do that thing at Edinburgh Festival where they go, here are the official top 20 jokes of the Edinburgh Festival. And most of the time... It's just all, all puns, isn't it? It's all just yeah, they're terrible. Like, I never want to see any of those shows. I think they're all terrible. And the person who wins is always... They never go on to do anything. <laughs> I want to see Sadowitz. I want to see Sadowitz. Well, he would be doing stuff, surely. He loves that shit. That would be really... He loves ruining. I've seen, like... 
um, like Stuart Lee doing stuff. Have I seen Kitson up there? Like I've seen like good shows in tiny, tiny little pubs. So it's worth it if you're a comedy fan. But it's just too, like the the hotels are too expensive. And if you're a stand up, it's just too expensive to 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 have a house up there. The 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 people of Edinburgh take the absolute piss, and I do not. I make no <laughs> apologies for saying that. It's good a on them. That's what, what I do up there. Good on them. Good on them. Good on them, mate. Good Listen, if you want to come up here, it's going to cost you. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Listen, Pete, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep up our animal theme because we've got an amazing email uh, from mm. our friend Chris. Uh, and we're going to read it just the other side of this. So stick around and we'll see you then. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I'm walking about the sea and I'm recording some content for a podcast. Hello, this is the Luke and Pete <laughs> Show. Uh, I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by uh, Mr. Luke Moore, Hello. Um, winner of the Perrier Awards uh, 1973. Uh, I don't know what that is. What is it? Perrier Award. It was like, that's the big competition, isn't it? It doesn't. It's not called the Perrier Award. It'd be called. I don't know. It'd be sponsored by Dave, wouldn't it? Oh, Dave! That's got the, the TV that's the show, old TV sausage machine. You pop all the stand-ups through the sausage. You get you you ring up Avalon. You say, "Give us some more meat," and you smash them through the sausage machine, and they come out the other end, and they're a sausage, a big sausage let, to go on right me, in Dave's mouth. Let me ask you something, Pete. Hello. Um, just if we can put the Dave's Dave's mouth to one side for okay. one second. Honestly, I'm not trying to have a dig at anyone, but genuinely. If you had a TV show on Dave, mm. do you think how many people actually watch it? Because I never watch Dave. Uh, I think it's surprisingly. Um, um, nom, 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 nom. Well, more than it would watch anything else, I suppose. I mean, like Jesus. Yeah. Is it no, worth the work you'd have to put in to make your TV show for it to go on, Dave? Yeah. You. I mean, they don't do much scripted stuff. It's mainly just cheapy um, panel show stuff, isn't it? Really. And, and oh, and... actually, Taskmaster started out on Dave, didn't it? Did it? Okay. I mean, that is the cheapest of all of them. <laughs> that's even cheaper but than that's a, a good, panel. that's a good show. You though. don't even need a panel, though. It's it's look. It's it's very. Uh, it's very YouTube-y. I think it's a cracking show, but it is the cheapest of all of the shows. It's just like go to a country, like a, a country estate. We'll find a part portion of it, and we'll uh, just film ourselves trying to, I don't know, throw a, a, a burger into a pool or something. <laughs> it is that simple. <laughs> but there are, you're right, you do get some absolute bell ends on it. But generally, it's a really good format. Yeah, it's, it's like a really simple, good format. You I, know? I, half the kind of t- half, and half of it is kind of like seeing the little tasks and you're sort of like, I'd love to have a go at that. Because yeah. my favourite part of working for local government is when we went to one of those stupid fucking weird days uh, and a woman from a, cre- well, not creative agency, but like one of those kind of, you know, all those agencies who come in and go, right, we're going to find out where you are on the fucking, not the Betchadel test. What's the, what's the fucking... Yeah, like a personality type Personality thing, test. Yeah. That, you know, what fucking, what, are you a creative person? Are you this? Are you that? It's all just like, and and it's never negative. It's always positive. You're, you're not a bellend. You're just a, you know... <laughs> You're a you're a this kind of character, but like yeah. there was this you know the the usual thing where you know they'll have an egg, 
um, on a high shelf and you've got to knock the egg off the high shelf and you've got to catch it in a contraption that you've made yourself. I yeah. love stuff like that. I would yeah. love like an evening where it's just a night of those little tasks where you've got to rescue an egg or make something fly. I love thinking laterally and playing with shit with my hands. I love that sort of thing. I love. I bot- told you my mate did one. My stuff. Mate, my mate sent a group of us, us friends a, a task every month for a whole year. Yeah, it's nice. Nice and idea. And judged them all. And then at the end of the year, we got um, we got our points added up, and we got a, we got a um, the winner got a trophy, which you can see here. Oh, I won it. Yeah, I was concerned see. about that, that laptop camera moving quite so quickly towards your nethers, but I appreciate yeah. seeing them the, the cup. I mean, that camera won't pick it up. Don't worry <laughs> about that. It's a pretty powerful camera. Um, so um, anyway, what were we saying? Oh yeah, emails, emails. Bloody emails. Hell, doing emails. Uh, good note. I'm just saying, I'm not having a go at Dave. They're the type of p- that company that probably would sponsor our show. So yeah. cheers to them in advance for doing so. I've just wondered if genuinely, because I sometimes flick the telly on during the day if I'm at home or whatever, yeah. and think, who's watching this? No one's watching this. Mm. Like the, the audience figures must just be absolutely tiny. Not just on Dave, just on any kind of daytime channel. Like, what's, the, what's the hustle? What's the money? Situation. If you st- you think, oh, do you know what? I'm going to start my own TV station, and I'm going to call it Quest, and I'm going to put on shit like you know this and that during the day. No one's watching it. Like London Live. Don't have a go Who's Quest? making it? It's one of Discovery Channel's finest uh, brands. Thank you very much. I just picked it at random. Don't have a go at Quest. But what's the what's the, what's the business model? Well, I mean, for Quest, I mean, uh, I mean, I presume it's the same as the other Discovery Channels. You. Uh, buy in bulk like these massive seasons that are like 50 long of like your American pickers or your house road truckers and you put them on there they're very successful very popular and then people like you shake them down for continuity and I shake them down for continuity yeah Yeah, and then and then 10 years in the game they uh, shake you down for less money and uh, slightly fewer scripts Uh. yeah why don't why don't you do the fact that we're about why don't you introduce the email section like you would do on DMAX Coming up next, we're going to be heading back off-grid as the ice road truckers try and survive on the lamb. And also, we'll have some emails. Very good. Thank see? you. I mean, Thank that's not worth fucking 30 no. quid an hour plus VAT. I don't know what yeah. it is. Um, Chris, hello to you. You've got in touch with a great story, and we're going to read it out now. He says, hi, guys. Your recent chat about a panther being used as a guard dog in a pub, I think that was also in Scotland from memory, hmm. has finally enabled me to share one of my mum's favourite stories with you. Sometime in the 70s, my mum had been on a coach holiday to Cornwall. After a seven-hour journey back and just a mile from her home in Barnsley, she saw what she could only describe as a man taking a lion for a walk. <laughs> Smashing. Is that, this is such a 70s story. Obviously, she did a double take as she thought she was seeing things due to exhaustion from the long journey. When she got home, she told my grandmother what she'd seen. My nan, as casual what you like, as you like, said, oh yeah, that's Dennis. I went to school with him. That's the guard dog for his pub. Guard dog. Guard lion. Not to disbelieve my mum or anything, uh, but I did do a Google check because you'd assume other people would have seen a lion in Barnsley if there was one. Uh, Lo and behold, I came across this article about Dennis, which not only confirms he owned a lion, but also owned a ranch in Wyoming where he found oil in his back garden. I guess he'll have a lion protecting that now as well. (laughs) There's also a YouTube video that gives further context to the story and insinuates the lion had a name, and that name was Ben. Unfortunately, I don't know of Ben's fate. Presumably, he's retired now. Was he gentle? It's 50 years ago. Uh, I think that is an optimistic uh, assessment of his outcome. Uh, Chris, but thank you very much man, for the email. A man who finds oil in his backyard, very much a show that could feature on uh, your D-Maxes and your oh, Quest, big I think. 
Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely incredible. Speaking of long coach journeys, did I tell you, I, I just squeezed, I had time for this to squeeze this story in. Okay. Did I tell you about my mate Jimmy and our mate Vish, not Vish who we work with now, another mm. Vish. Um, you seeing other Vishes? I haven't well, seen for ages, actually. Sea. I haven't seen the other Vish for ages. Right. <laughs> um, but um, he, um, him and, my mate Jimmy hates putting his hand in his pocket. It's like mm. a thing. And they were going to a stag weekend up in Scotland. I'll is tell it, you about is this, it, Well, it? Jimmy's a fruitarian, so he, he only uh, yeah. picks up money that he finds on the floor. I don't know how it works. <laughs> it's fallen naturally to the floor. <laughs> uh, and they, they went to go to Scotland for a stag weekend, but they wanted to do it on the cheap, so they got the mega bus. Yes. And they did the usual kind of young blokes grueling. thing. Of the mega bus was grueling. The mega bus was like 7pm, right? So yeah. they went to the pub at like 3, had a good few beers for the journey. Realised that... Um, when they got on the coach, they had packed no water, no food, God. and had no um, warm clothes because they were packed into the underbit of the car- of the coach, <laughs> and there was like no stop for like seven hours. Right? So he said, and, and to cut a long story short, because I know we've got to get out of here, Jimmy said that it got to the point where they were basically going on little secret sorties while people were asleep, crawling along the aisle because they caught a glimpse of a couple of girls three or three or four seats in front of them who had like a packet of digestives in their open bag and, tr- <laughs> and trying to, try to grab like two digestives and come back and then having big fierce debates about whether the water in the toilet on the coach was like drinkable water. Oh, it stuff. would not be drinkable, <laughs> he, though, he, would said, it? he said, the best thing was when we got there, it was like we had been living Lord of the Flies and then we had to do a stag weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dreadful. Absolutely sick Absolutely awful. Breaking, literally, mate, breaking digestives in half and sharing them that they'd stolen from someone else. Again, great D-Max show. <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here, Pete. All That's right. enough for now. You, you, you take it take it away, mate. You, you, you play us out. Okay. Uh, Edwin McCain and the Boats Have Souls crew tackle a broken-down pontoon boat from eight and flipping ships here on D-Max. And next, we've more Cops UK for you. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.